0: Everybody, welcome back to another week of Redbeard Radio and Happy New Year, if we could still say that. I am Alana Dickman. I am a partner at Redbeard Ventures, and we also have Drew Austin, the founding partner of RBV. Today, it's just going to be me and Drew talking, and we're going to talk about our goals for the year. Uh, our upcoming summit, and what we are excited about for 2024. But now, before we dive in, this podcast is sponsored by Alto. Their self-directed IRA platform lets you invest in a range of alternative assets across private equity, venture capital, real assets like farmland and fine wine, cryptocurrency, private startup angel deals, and more. Their API supports hassle-free investments, their industry-leading integrated partners, and their integration with Coinbase offers hundreds of cryptocurrencies. Alto also has their new platform, Alto Marketplace, which offers accredited investors access to exclusive leading funds typically reserved for institutional investors and their ultra-wealthy. Explore your options with Alto and invest in what interests you. So visit also IRA.com forward slash marketplace to learn more. And now before we dive in, please make sure to like, follow and subscribe and also comment. And if you have any questions, we'll be monitoring and we're here to answer anything that you might have. But we have some really exciting things to discuss today as we are in 2024. Drew, Happy New Year. And I'm excited first podcast of the year.
1: Happy New Year. So wait, before we jump in, should we talk a little bit about the trip? How was uh, how was the big trip?
0: Uh, It was super exciting. I went to Australia, New Zealand. I put Drew on Do Not Disturb, which was (laughs) great. I was like, you know what? We're on different time zones. I'll answer them when I want to answer them. And yeah, it was really exciting just to unplug for a few days. And now I feel like come back, feel refreshed, ready to go. And I know it's just going to be a busy year overall. So, and what about you? You were in Miami on your babycation. Yeah so. yeah.
1: so yeah, this was, uh, it was the opposite of relaxing vacation, but, but no, nah, it was, it, it's always, listen, going away with, like, with the family and two kids, you know, four years old, two years old, I got two boys. Uh, you're just like, you, it's fun. You're like watching memories be created in front of you. And it's just a, it's a beautiful thing, but these kids don't stop. I mean, it's just, it's not like the, what I, every time I picture an activity and how it will go, it never goes exactly to plan. <laughs> like something derails every time. But uh, yeah, no, overall, great trip. Happy to take some days and like also just kind of refresh and and start to think and done a lot of, you know, my, taking a, a nice uh, amount of time to start thinking about my own kind of thoughts towards, you know, my own personal goals, my own, uh, you know, plans for the fund and goals for the fund, et cetera. And, and, you know, think through strategy. So it's been great just to take some time and actually like not have meetings for a few few days and actually just think. And that's been great.
0: Yeah. And if I could give one word to us already for this year, as I've seen the past week, it's focus. Like, I feel like obviously we have a ton going on. We have our accelerator, our syndicate, our fund, but I could just tell that already kind of the dynamic we're having is really like focus on the most important things we're going to prioritize. And I think that goes hand in hand with kind of jumping into let's start with the professional goals. And obviously, I would love to get into our personal goals as well. But if you were to think through kind of the professional goals that you have for both, Red Beer Ventures and you personally, what are some things that come to mind?
1: So it's funny. I, I did this. I've done this thing with my wife where we like used to, we used to, we used to do it every year. You know, kids have started to distract us a little bit, but we try to get, we've been trying to get it back to it the last couple of years. And it's like, there's these different categories of like intentions, just like, not like necessarily goals per se, but just things that we want to like put into the universe to like work towards, if you will, or like think about and work towards. And it's funny. It's like, um, there's like different categories so it's like physical health or financial or educate or like intellectual or professional and like wait you're
0: taking mine this is what i do
1: (laughs) is it really is this really what you do i
0: I break them down four categories but very similar ones yeah what
1: what are your four categories
0: it's professional financial health and personal
1: yeah So very similar. And it's funny like going back and looking at years past, like I look back at like 2018s, uh, 2019s, and it's cool to see like, oh, like, wow, I accomplished that. I was able to do that. Like that happened. That was completed. Like it's -hmm. just like I don't – I look at them as less like this needs to be done by X, more just like I want to – it puts something for me to think about and work towards and like know that in the back of my mind these are things that I am like trying to accomplish in my life. Um, So, yeah, I mean like there's a variety of different – variety of different ones. I mean, like first I, you know, I, I think I was talking, um, you know, I, I was working the uh, first I did was a few like more like personal ones. So I did like, um, you know, I definitely want to get working on my fitness this year. I've been like, that's always been like last priority for me. So for me personally, I was like, I need to, you know, start to work out my step. I want to start tracking. I'm like also very big on quantifying. So like I liked I want to start getting some of the devices in place to really track steps and track health and track fitness. Cause for me that really helps when I quantify and can like look at goals and targets and metrics and numbers. What so, was that
0: app that you had for a while? It was like couch to five K or something?
1: couch, yeah, couch to five K, but now I've gone from five K back to couch. So that hasn't done anything, <laughs> too much. But yeah, it was very I guess a- that goes
0: into like What motivates you? Because like for me, like money is an instance. Like me and Drew have a deal right now where it says like he has to get to 15k followers on LinkedIn and I have to get to 20k. And I'm like done. I've grown double in like three months. And I'm like, yeah, that motivates. Oh yeah, I'm at like 14,500 and I have to get to 20k. Started at like 8k. So like yeah, you bet with the wrong person. But like I'm curious to know like what will motivate you to get to your health goals.
1: Yeah. um, I think that a few things. One, it's like seeing progress, like for me. So it's like, uh, like, for me, it's always like, it's hard to get going, but then once I get going, I get focused and I like, I get to see the results and I feel the results and then I want to keep going. So the big thing for me is just like seeing that first hurdle and having some like micro kind of like small challenges to meet. And then, then after I start to see a little bit of progress, like I always used to say like in basketball, I was like a momentum scorer. So like if I hit my first shot, I'm usually going to have like a good flowing game. And if I didn't hit my first shot, it was like, I'd start to like miss my next one and next one. I was always, a very like streak shooter. And I think that that also kind of plays itself into um, fitness because it's not natural for me. Like when it comes to work, it is absolutely natural for me. My brain goes there. It, it automatically prioritizes work. But when it comes to fitness and health, it just might, I have to actually put in, I have to like mindfully be aware of it and really push myself to prioritize it. It's just not as a natural experience for me. So um, seeing some progress early on, I'm going to try to go, try to take more walks. Um, What I realized also was that I used to be a big phone, like I'd pace on the phone for all my meetings back in the day. I'd like walk around the office and I'd be pacing on calls. And then when Zoom kind of took over for phone calls, I just sit at my screen all day. So I hardly move. So I lost a lot of the, the steps that I used to take, even from just pacing. So um, I'm going to start taking some more walking calls and try to do a little bit more of that.
0: Love uh, that. Let's yeah. implement that. I, yeah. I average about five miles a day in walking, but sometimes like for people listening right now, there are meetings where you see drew in the background, like, especially in internals, like thinking just like pacing and we're like, Oh, we're, we're standing right now. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But I, I, cause I, I think better when I'm, when I'm pacing, but you know, zoom, I also don't, I also do really appreciate face to face, like seeing someone is really, is really valuable in a meeting. So, you know, it's hard to find that balance. Like, I don't think you know. That's actually funny. My wife got um, one of those. Uh, you can walk under the desk while you're on a meeting. She has like a standing desk. Oh, around.
0: I've seen though. She has one.
1: Yeah, she's used it a few times. She's trying to use it a little bit more now. But like, you know, I I, I don't even have a standing desk. So like, for me, it's like not that, easy. that that's not something I can really do. But um, you know, there's different solutions. But it's not an easy fix to to be able to balance wanting to have face to face Zoom meetings and still like. You know be able to pace or walk or get your steps in so anyway but something I think you
0: could yeah. like turn it on be like hey guys i'm in transit but i actually listen i mean we know that we're all multitasking during zoom meetings whatever i'm just gonna say it out but like there's something to be said about like walking and like i'm just like purely just like listening like i am like that's why i listen to audible books when i walk because like i am so concentrated on what's happening versus like sitting there and listening i think it's just like different
1: so that that was one, um, and then like for like when I was thinking about like intellectual, like you know like things that I, I want to do a little bit more like reading this year. So like I'm subscribe, I actually started subscribing to more newsletters, things that I could really consume. Like I I already block usually about an hour to an hour and a half in the morning just to read. Um, that's Every single day, I just am consuming. I spend a lot more time on Twitter during that time, and then that tends to send me down a trajectory. But I want to get more into a little bit more like long, long thought pieces, a little bit more. So I'm, um, so I'm starting there. Uh, started, I started like organizing my newsletters and starting to think about what I want to read and what I want to consume. Um, and then the other thing that I that I've also been a little bit more mindful of is like I want to have interactions and like kind of like a little bit more mentorship relationships with um, vcs with with years and years more experience that have been through the tech downturns and the bubbles and and like just because like i found that every time i talk to uh, a vc that's been in the in the business for you know 20 30 years i find it to be incredibly um, insightful and, and and informative and I'm just like I'm a sponge for just like asking them questions about what it was like and there's just a lot you can learn. you know, you can't learn venture really from a book like this is not a textbook business like and I think that even as I've been now you know, two years running the, you know, a fund and three years just investing through angel investments, et cetera, I still feel so early in my, um, experience. Like it's, it's, but I see myself, um, really like constantly get like, um, learning and evolving my, my thought process and my theories and my philosophies and my strategies, because there's so much learning happening in these first few years. Um, so it really, it, it really, I really find it valuable to um, you know kind of just ask questions to people that have been there longer because um, you know a lot of my peers have yes they may have been in venture for longer but like you know we're all you know maybe it's five extra years or four years or seven years you know it's not you know a lot of them you know are my age or haven't been through the downturns like some of the you know the the, the early 2000s and the you know uh, where the, the recent tech crashes I think like you learn a lot through periods of, of, of challenging like challenging periods like that um, so I just found that people that have been through the those experiences really have fascinating perspectives. So that was one of them on the intellectual side. I don't know if you have any on that side of things you've been thinking about.
0: I mean, I love that. I think it's, I've been reading a lot. I just read like Elon Musk's book by Walter Isaacson. And it's crazy because even reading something like that, where Elon is really like an alien that came to earth. Like it's <laughs> so interesting to hear his perspective and how he thinks about work and how like work is his life and how he thinks about the future. So I agree with reading. I've Almost, been, I have been. listen uh, the- to
1: Audible what were some of the biggest takeaways from that book? I didn't, I haven't read it yet.
0: So I'm not done yet. I'm about halfway, a little bit more than halfway through, but I mean, Elon breathes and lives work. It's like, he, he doesn't really celebrate the wins when he finishes one thing. He's like, all right, like Tesla factory, we're finally not going bankrupt. Now I'm going go to go SpaceX and go make sure that this rocket launches and doesn't go blow up. And so it's interesting to hear him. It makes you kind of think about like, we need to, as looking at entrepreneurs, like really believe in like huge ideas. Like I think, like small ideas are great, but like they're not going to change the world and change our generation and really make a difference. So like believing in those huge ideas and actually backing founders, I think personally it's really important to back founders that have technical experience. Like Elon is in every little detail of every part of the business. Like he goes up to them and he is so like stingy with money, and he's just like, okay, but like why can't we do this ourselves? Why can't we build this in house? Why can't we do it for cheaper? I think like finding people that are really scrappy and going to find ways around that aren't always the easiest use cases is super important and figuring that out so
1: yeah you know actually when I was thinking about you know as I've been like writing my like LP letter for the year and I'm just you know working on a lot of my like thoughts and learnings and thoughts going forward you know one of the big things I think we're going to see in 2024 2025 actually is going to be a very different type of entrepreneurial mindset. Um, I think that the entrepreneurs that raised funding, you know, really during twenty twenty one, you know, were really big marketers um, and like growth oriented, big marketers um, and like anything that was like really telling a great narrative story, getting users. Those were the things that were raising funding. And I think in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, I think we're going to see a much more financially savvy. Um, entrepreneur people that are much more profit focused, much more about building sustainable businesses. So I'm actually really excited for this next wave of uh, of like six of leading entrepreneurs because i think that what's going to be attractive to investors during this cycle are going to be the people that figure out how to create sustainable businesses and are far more um far more stringent with their spending and mm-hmm. uh,
0: that gonna, will be huge in this next cycle I
1: totally so to me as an investor i think that's going to be a, a really nice um kind of like a you know ref- like reflection of, how, of where we've gone as investors and as a market in general
0: yeah no, definitely. I think that's super important. I'm trying. I'm with you on the health spree, though. I think this year, I'm getting married this year, so I'm like naturally, I have to be in the best shape of my life. Need to be working out, walking, whatever the case may be. So I've been like switching it up between hit workouts and Pilates and whatever is going to make me really have a six pack. Um, <laughs> I think for Redbeard, I have a ton of just like professional goals. It's funny. I work with my friend on some of our goals and a lot of mine are more of like to-do lists as opposed to like goals as a whole. So I'm trying to think like, one thing is like, we're all busy. And I think your mindset is just like what you tell yourself. So I'm no longer saying I'm busy or I'm tired. We're all busy. We're all tired. Lauren, REA knows that's a big goal of mine. You know what? We're busy. So what, find a way. And it's really just helped change my mindset and like, I'll get it done when I I can get it done.
1: I've I've actually seen a difference in that uh, even just from like, I've seen you make that change, actually.
0: Yeah. It switches your mindset and like, or like, Love you, Lauren. I'm going to tell her for a second, but she's like, oh, you have this email you haven't done. I'm like, you know what? I've been busy. I'm going to focus so I can focus on like, I will get to it i'm somebody who will always do it i'm like i don't need to do it just because you sent it to me and so i think just like prioritizing in my head and switching my mindset for how it is right now is going to really help me and something that i'm focusing on this year i also like we have our syndicate and our fund we recently invited 10 new people to our syndicate it's grown a lot over the past obviously month i want to continue to grow it source some of the best deals for both our fund and our syndicate Uh, obviously, we could talk about how the crypto market is kind of picking up right now. We just had one of our quickest moving deals in Web3 and crypto uh, that we just shared out with the syndicate. So I think like finding deals that are going to really just take off in this next bull run is going to be super important for us. As a venture capital firm, we've been keeping busy during the bear market. I think we've done a good job at actively investing while I've seen some other investors sit in on the side, because I think while people are bear, it's easy to Be bare, just hold and kind of take your time. But I think we've set ourselves up so that in this next bull run, if slash when it takes off, like continuing to set ourselves up uh, for success. So I want to continue to source deals for that. And then also, like, obviously, we're doing our accelerator right now. We're going to talk more about our demo day and probably the future of the accelerator, but continuing to find really early stage deals and the best founders. Um, that are building find their product market is super important to me, and mm-hmm. I liked your mentorship one. That's something that I've been focusing on too. Like having a VC network that I could share deal with, I trust them that they share deals with me, and then also that I could just learn from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, no, I completely agree. Uh, I think like one of the um, the big things that I've, you know, so I'm very as someone who like lives with very strong ADD. It's really it's always been very really. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's very—it's always been very beneficial for me to have like structure and rigor and schedules, etc. Um, but I really do appreciate the time that we block off that I get to actually sit and think or do or sit and actually do some real work. Um, like like thinking work, put my thoughts down, get my thoughts out of my head, so that I could kind of materialize like where what i 'm learning and uh, and kind of formalize my thoughts around these things so that 's something I really want to do more of this year and if it takes if it if it, if uh, if I use content as a vehicle or like writing or you know joining the show and talking about the things that i 'm thinking about as a form of organizing my thoughts that 's great as well, but I really want to spend more and more time um you know kind of developing uh, my skills around like, you know, thesis formation and and things of that nature. I think like what I, you know, one of the biggest things that I, you know, as I, as I've thought back to my first few years now in venture and investing, I think it's really interesting to start to think about the nuanced differences between a syndicate and a fund, um, as an investment thesis and style and strategy. It's like, you know, I, I, and I, you know, as I've been writing about this, it's like, I was reading a little bit about how, um, you know, two different types of investors have been kind of like, uh, been kind of, I'd say like been inspirational in my thinking here. Um, you know, there's like the tiger global model where it's like fast paced, Understanding categories and sectors, and then diving into the sectors and deploying capital at a rapid pace, getting a lot of exposure. You know, being less hands off, but more of um, you know, having more coverage of a market that you believe in. And I think that actually kind of reflects our syndicate strategy in, in a way. Like we don't take board seats as syndicate investors. We we pick and choose various specific sectors and categories that we're very excited about. And then once we have that that perspective at a, at a broad level we go deeper we build out relationships we build out networks we build out uh diligence partners and sourcing partners etc and we try to get substantial coverage to our lps and the syndicate um and show those deal, that deal flow to our lps um in a consistent fashion at the fund level where uh where i want to uh, continue to um you know kind of sh- strengthen and solidify our strategies more where I look at it as you know, Multicoin, Kyle, uh, who's a buddy of mine, and also one of our LPs in the fund, I think Multicoin is one of the best thesis-driven uh, investors. And the more I see how I like to invest and how I like to approach the market, or even how I like to source deals, it generally starts by me taking some time and thinking through where do I think the market's going? Where do I think the space is going? Um, where do I think if this happens, and then this happens, and then that happens, um, you know, what become what, you know, what then comes and then work back working backwards and, you know, just challenging every little nuance. And I've actually found that um using Chat GPT actually as a as a thought partner there to just kind of constantly like follow up with questions and go back and forth as you refine your ideas and and has been really actually fun for me. Like I spent hours and hours over the last week or so just going back and forth, um, just kind of trying to shape my own thinking and ask questions and get answers and then follow up and dig in further etc so um as I've started to see where how we you know we've always been since the very beginning this like this this 2 prong investment strategy with the syndicate and the fund um you know it's it's kind of now started to solidify the strategy for me and i think that that one the more we solidify those strategies i think the the more effective we'll be at each one so uh, being able to formalize those thoughts has been really helpful for me
0: yeah, I think it's interesting. I actually just wrote a LinkedIn article about this yesterday, being like the rise of the syndicates, because I think investors do want more control over their money. They do want, obviously, limited management fees, and they do want a lower minimum than what would be of a fund. And I'm just curious, this is kind of off topic, but where do you think the market's heading from like a fund syndicate perspective
1: uh, so for LP? I think, I think there's room for both. Listen, there's there's there's, there's nonstop innovation. There's There's so much... I guess this kind of lends itself to where do we think we're going. Um, we can kind of touch on like where do we think the market's going and what are we excited about, you know, kind of in the, the the road ahead. But there's just so much so much happening that we're still in the early days with. And I think that you know entrepreneurship is going to rise, innovation is going to continue to rise, and those things need capital. And there are going to be different purposes and different methods for different types of startups and founders. So mm-hmm. um, there's there's definitely a path to both. I think that on at the fund level i think you really need to have clarity of thought and have conviction um and be able to uh you know, kind of really narrow your focus a bit in terms of where where you want to build your expertise and your brand and your and your um, and your network, etc. Um, yeah. And at the synd- and at the syndicate level, it's a little bit different for us. We can stay a little bit higher above. Like I'd say, if the if the fund, you have to be at the ground level and understand everything at a very deep level. I think at the syndicate you can be broader um, and actually kind of keep your net and use your network to be able to um, have like kind of like. You know, have those roots in the ground and these different opportunities, because I'll tell you, being close in some areas, but being broad in others, it actually helps each other. There is so much benefit from understanding the market at a a whole, at a more broad level. So, like, you know, we invest in frontier technologies. I'll tell you right now, like there is going to be a ton of overlap between AI and blockchain, between robotics blockchain between, you know, so like, you know, between um, what's happening on the space in in, in space market and biotech and like these things at a higher level and being broader and understanding where the market's going is going to be very valuable as we continue to evolve our our investment strategy at the fund level, even for blockchain specific deals. So um, I see the benefit of being able to learn from both of these, but I also see the benefit of having expertise in each area.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I guess like, we talked a little bit about personal goals and more for the fun, but are there any specific ones, if you look back, watch this video a year from now, that you really wanna like, Put out in the world that you'd be happy that we're at in a
1: year. Yeah, I mean, listen, we have, you know we're we're getting towards the second half of Fund One, so I want to start preparing for for raising our second fund. Um, that's going to be a huge milestone in our progress in building this as a long lasting um, investment brand. Is, is getting from Fund One to Fund Two? That's a huge accomplishment. Uh, so I'm very excited to start that process and and meet with new LPs and, and and kind of communicate our thesis and and where we're thinking about the market and how it's going and and kind of demonstrate demonstrate what we've already seen to date through our investments etc so that's definitely one um, you know continuing to strengthen my uh, you know my own personal investment networks um, I find that you know one of the challenges is we have great relationships great networks um, but being able to maintain those consistently I find is a challenge I wonder if other people have that same challenge you know these are people that I would love to be regularly communicating with but it's also very hard to be regularly communicating with a million people while doing your job so figuring out the there of being able to maintain consistency with your network um while also continuing to operate day to day as we at the pace that we do um that's something I I, I want to continue to think about and refine and, and improve upon um but yeah I mean like this is you know I, I'm, I'm there's a lot here that you know I'm just I'm just personally so excited about where blockchain is headed where the blockchain space is headed uh, and where AI is headed um and where VR is headed like some of these like things that I've been excited and interested in for you know, more than a decade now. I mean, I was, you know, working in a VR accelerator in 2013. I was working in, you know, wearable technology and compute back then. Um, I was, you know, working on an AI chatbot company and uh, starting in 2015. And I've been working and I've been investing in crypto since 2013. So my past 10 years of my life, you know, across VR and, and like augmented reality and AI and crypto um, are kind of coalescing to a place now where I feel like they're really maturing. Um, and... And now that they're and they're 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 ready for the next wave of investment. Where I think the last decade, you know, you really had to spend most of your time thinking about infrastructure because these were not markets that were consumer ready yet. And you really need infrastructure first to be able to get um to a place where you can have mature applications. You know, if you think back to the early days of the internet, you know, most of the first investments in the internet space were not, you know, apps, they were you know, they were Internet, you know, they were hardware, there was Internet networking, there was, you know, telecommunications, there was, you know, all the, the, the groundwork that had to be laid so that we can actually have, um, you know, the, the connectivity that we have today. So uh, I think that what I've seen now is this really, you know, past decade of, of groundwork that's been laid that I think we're going to see in the next five to 10 years, um, you know, the application level and the consumer level kind of come to fruition. And that's what's really, really driving me and motivating me and inspiring me is that there's going to be all types of new use cases and new experiences that are going to come from this next, from this foundation we've built over the past decade. Um, and I think it's going to come really quickly. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing the market pick up little by little. And I think we're just setting ourselves up for this future success of both our syndicate and our fund. So super exciting. Let's dive in. We have something upcoming that we really want to discuss. This is going to be our first kind of touch point to everybody listening. It's our summit day. Get ready. We're going to have all our portfolio companies, we're going to have pitches, we're going to have booths. Um, Drew. I'm excited yes, for it. How are so, you
1: doing? So Redfield Adventures Summit is going to be our first virtual event. Um, I actually had experience throwing events um, during, during COVID when I was working on my like, AI recruitment process automation company. We were the first people, my company was the first people to kind of build one of those virtual conferences. And we used a platform called Hopin. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. And I know, don't get me wrong, the like COVID was built, you know, virtual events were built for COVID. But, you know, we have a global team. We have a global portfolio. so. Um, and a global LP base. So we felt that it would be interesting for this first, our first virtual, uh, our first event, like our first summit, um, to really kind of bring people together in a virtual format. So we're using Hopin. Um, it's going to be a two, you know, we have a pretty broad and, and de- you know, pretty big portfolio now. I mean, we've been investing now for three years. Um, and our syndicate is a very active syndicate. So I think we're about two hundred. About two hundred plus investments now out of our out of the R B V syndicate. Um, while obviously far less out of the fund. I'd say maybe about thirty thirty investments out of the fund.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. I was actually just trying to get we actually have almost forty investments out of the fund. Sorry,
1: um 40 investments out of the fund. I don't
0: know. It's crazy. And-
1: so we have 40 investments out of the fund, over 200 investments out of the syndicate. You know, we've built this like real, real strong infrastructure to be able to deploy capital into these, into these great startups. And what we want to do is really bring this portfolio and this ecosystem that we've developed all together. You know, we have over 4,500 LPs in our that are part of our syndicate. We have a network of fantastic venture capitalists and mentors and acceler and people that we work with in all different types of uh, ways to to con- to connect over deal flow, etc. Um, we want to bring them to be able to learn about what's happening in these various different markets and spaces and sectors that we invest in. And we want to bring these experts and founders together to be able to talk about them and even bring them together from companies that are, you know, working in different in similar areas and have them discuss really interesting topics. So I'm super, super, super excited for this. This will be the first one. Um, it's going to be February 6th and February 7th. Uh, we have two full days of content and panels, all going to be done in Hopin. There'll be networking throughout the day. There's going to be experiences. Uh, we'll have some entertainment. It's going to be—it's going to be a really, really good time. Um, but I'll t- like to tell you, like the first day is going to be purely Web three focused. Um, it's going to be like, you know, kind of the the, the showcase of that day is also going to be the the demo um, demo day for our um, first cohort of Tokenomics Accelerator companies. So that'll be really exciting for the first five companies that graduated from Denari Labs uh, Tokenomics Accelerator to come and talk about their businesses and the, what they've learned and their token design and and kind of where they're going and what they're going to be doing and fundraising up ahead, etc. Um, but this is going to be a whole, you know, basically the, the whole two days is going to be really built for you know, angels and VCs to kind of learn about what's happening in various different sectors. So, like, you know, during day one, we're going to have topics like, you know, decentralized organizational design and think of, thinking about the future of organizations in a decentralized world. And you know, what is going to be like? How? What's going to be powering the next gaming giants? Uh, you know, you know, in Web three, we're going to be talking about what's next for NFTs and um, and where NFTs are going in the market. And we're going to be talking about um, you know, DeFi and the financial revolution and living and the metaverse and what it's going to be like living in an immersive wor- digital world. Uh we'll also have investor panels where we talk about like inve- the the nuances of investing in tokens and equity. So, you know, that first the first day is going to be jam-packed. Um it's going to be a pure crypto day. Um and I'll, I'll mention some of our speakers in a bit, but like that's kind of day 1 and then day 2 is going to be really based on where our syndicate has invested over the past couple of years. Um and it's going to be mostly like frontier tech and innovative brands and you know, we're going to be talking obviously about like you Know, we'll have an investor panel. We're gonna be talking about robotics and and some of the advancements in robotics due to AI. We're gonna be talking about the creator economy and how that's and like what is some of the future tooling that we're really excited about. Uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, obviously we're gonna talk about the AI revolution, we're gonna talk about AR VR and what's gonna be needed for mass adoption there. Uh, We're going to be talking about making, we're going to help make sense of the space ecosystem. We have a bunch of space founders that are going to be coming and joining us. Uh, We're going to talk about biotech trends and longevity um we're gonna be talking about sports and some of the innovations in the sports field um you know we're also, we're investors in a variety of different sports leagues and teams that are coming out with new innovative um you know kind of takes on sports and uh you know we'll talk a little about climate and what some of the innovations happening there so we're it's going to be this really jam-packed day where we're going to ask Questions to some of the great the the great experts and builders in these fields, and 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 just allow them to talk amongst themselves and and have a and have great panels that we could all listen in and watch and um, and be able to hear from about where their spaces are going and where they're unfolding. Um, and it's just really I'm really really excited to to allow to give our portfolio companies a platform to be able to you know a come together and get to know each other. B be in front of the investors and and all the investors in our network um, and may get them familiar with each other. Um, and then learn from each other. So, I think that's going to be really special.
0: So, for the people listening, if they want to get an invite, how will they hear about it? How will people get invited and know and officially get to come next month?
1: Yeah. So, we have, you know, we only have a limited amount of space, um, you know, just on that, that we're going to be inviting people to. So, we're going to, we'll be sending out invitations. If you're in our syndicate, you'll be getting an invitation. If you're a fund LP, you'll be getting an invitation. Um, and outside of that, um, you know, we're going to be sharing the links with our, you know, our portfolio founders and everyone else to be able to invite and, and to bring people. So it'll really be kind of make sure your RSVB quickly. It's going to be a free to attend event um, to talk about some of the speakers because the speaker list is just going to be is really amazing. I mean, we have, you know, like Roham Gargozau from Dapper, the La- founder of Dapper Labs. We have uh, so many great people, Sandy Carter from Unstoppable Domains, Will Reinraub from Cryptoys, John Crane from Super Rare, uh, Robbie Young from the founders of Animoca, uh, you know, Ted Moskowitz, one of the owners of a Texas Ranchers Major League Pickleball League, Randall Lane, one of the founders of the National Thoroughbred Racing League. We have just an incredible group of you know, Adam Strzok from Struck Capital, Ben Lackoff. Um, we have just like Saurabh Farudi from Fan Controlled Football, just like amazing, amazing founders and and just incredibly talented people coming together uh, to be able to talk about their various areas of expertise, and uh, I just think it's going to be a really, really cool opportunity to to bring everyone together in our ecosystem. And then you know, hopefully in the future, this could be something we could even bring in person. But you know, for this first event, it's a it's a it's a great opportunity for us to just you know allow, kind of allow our global reach to be showcased and be able to bring everybody together.
0: Yeah, I'd say I think we have such a broad range of like the first day being Web3. So if you're interested in seeing some of our portfolio companies, some of them might even be raising right now. And we're obviously having that demo day for our accelerator. Then we're just having panels with some of the top people in the space. So I'd say like even if you just want to learn, it's a super great way to. And then also that second day, having more of that frontier tech, that VC investment, what we're seeing about the space as a whole. I think it's going to be an exciting day. And yeah, they have great functionality.
1: I remember from using Hop in the past, like there's going to be a networking area where we'll we're going to block off at least an hour for people to just kind of do like a chat roulette style networking experience. So the people that are in attendance, investors, founders, builders, etc., you know, you'll you'll jump in, you'll be able to meet someone randomly from the from the group, and then you'll be able to meet somebody else. And so just kind of put it's going to be an opportunity to kind of rapidly meet some people in a digital way. And again, like you know, we listen. We live in a digital world. We invest in a digital world. So um, you know, to try to bring an immersive and engaging experience in a digital fashion uh, will be a lot of fun
0: yeah and i'd say for the listeners right now if you're listening if you email lauren at redbeard.ventures mentioned this podcast and got this far in we'll make sure to get you an invite so i'd say do that and we're happy to do that for all of our listeners Um, so yeah i just want to it. super excited about that so i guess at the end like 2024 is coming we mentioned our goals what else are you excited for overall in the metro capital ecosystem
1: Yeah. um, So personally, like I, you know, I've been spending a lot of time just thinking about different areas that we want to dive into. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kind of keep it a little bit more high level, but you know, things that I'm really excited about, obviously I I think that the, the cross, the impact of AI, I think we've just scratched the surface of, I think that it's going to be a a really exciting thing to see the crossover between AI and the blockchain um, and seeing how AI can impact some of the blocks, some, some, Blockchain applications and smart contracts and processes. I feel like we've talked about the word DAO a lot over the past couple of years, yet we have not seen any aspect of the autonomous component of a DAO. Um, so I'm very excited to see how AI can can enable DAOs to be more successful in the future by offloading and and kind of rec- and solving for some of the pain points. So I think about that a lot. I'm thinking a lot about you know my you know my goal is really to think a lot about. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I think the, the investors that were most successful in blockchain really nailed the first five years or the last five to seven years, the biggest successful ROI and investments were in infrastructure, you know, at the chain level. Um, but, you know, as we think, as we think about moving forward, I think that, you know, I think that, you know, we'll, we're going to start to see that the, the value, um, kind of move up to the app layer and the, the, and whoever owns the customer relationship and you know that's going to be a transformative moment for for blockchain and web3 now granted there's still infrastructure that's going to be needed there's still developer tooling that's going to be needed so there's going to be various real and and there's a lot of really interesting um, new technologies that are going to enable this application layer to be successful you know there's just there's a you know a lot of things that we're looking at right now um, are you know part of that that, that support and that movement but um yeah i think that um I, i'm really excited to start to think through you know where is defi headed where is social i, I think social fi hasn't even scratched the surface yet um and i think there's a huge opportunity there i think there across a variety of different components of of, of decentralized social um we're seeing i have a, lot a
0: question of- for like yeah. because we're holding and this is kind of kind of similar where obviously we're talking about a law- lot About Web3, we're a Web3 fund. We give the opportunity for syndicate members to also invest in that. But regardless, we've been holding these tokens now for two plus years. They're going to start unlocking slowly. And a lot of questions we've been getting asked is: are we going to start to sell? The tokens are starting to pick up. They're starting to get back, like they're starting to get a couple multiples. How are you thinking about that token structure of when to sell? What's a good time? Because I think right now, a lot of people are wondering if slash when we're going to get liquidity in this market.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think the well, listen, we are we're venture capital investors. Like we're not looking for quick quick hits like we're looking we're investing in the long in the long tail of this market in the space that all being said so like we have a long view of the space and we have a long vision of what we think we'll, of what we think will happen in the space and we think that we're in the very beginnings of uh, of the successful infrastructure and applications actually getting adoption and traction. And when they do we think they're going to fly even far further um, there's a lot of factors and capital and 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 mobile and and you know privacy the privacy advancements and all Of these different types of things that are going to accelerate adoption of of technologies and businesses on the blockchain, so I'm in no rush to just try to get a you know a quick buck. Or, but that all being said, we're going to be we have. We have different targets and different goals that we set on a company by company basis, um, based on our goals as a fund and as as investors, and our goals for our LPs to get liquidity, um, and uh, and then we're also very close and in touch with all of the founders of these companies, uh, so that we can be have a, a good pulse of where the roadmaps going, etc. So I think there are definitely variables and nuances in each case. I think also we have to be very mindful of how you sell tokens in terms of like you know you know working with the right market makers liquidity you know. Uh, you know, OTC desk, et cetera, making sure that you, you uh, you know, are keeping in mind the good of the company while you are, you know, looking at uh, the best ways to, 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 to liquidate. So I would say overall, listen, the blockchain industry, we're in the very early days. Um, but our job is to provide ROI back to our investors. And our goal is to allow these companies to mature to a place where we can maximize that ROI. And that's kind of how I think about it.
0: Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I think 2024 is going to be an exciting year. I feel like 2023, we're go, go, go. We started our accelerator. We made a ton of investments in the bear market. We've continued to grow out the syndicate. I just think we've set ourselves up so that in 2024, when things take off and when our accelerator, we have our summit day, we're just set ourselves up for success. So I'm super excited about this coming year.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, This is going to be, you know, I feel like we in year one was a lot of like, it was very fast paced, especially because we were coming off kind of, if I think about the first two years of the fund, it was like the first year You know, it was kind of the the edge of like we were. It was just ending the 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 bull market, if you will, the twenty twenty one bull market, and then twenty twenty two was a very rough market. Um, you know, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. I'm sorry, like that eighteen month window of like a very bear market where we just kind of you know kept. You know, kept kept focused on what we were, what we were, what, where we were, um, what we wanted to invest in, and where we, where we saw the future going. That all being said, it was a, it was there was also a lot of market dynamics that had to change. So it was like. We, we had to allow for some pace of valuations to come back down, the market to correct, which mm-hmm. I think was really needed. It was, it was a very – it was an important downturn to happen before the next big bull run, which I think is going to be astronomically bigger than what we've seen in the past because we're far more prepared today for scale and adoption than we ever were before. So we needed that that downturn to course correct, or it just couldn't go – go 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 high, high high up 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 we had to have that course correction so that is going to be a really valuable a learning lesson for people that that was their first downturn in crypto and b uh it up it really positioned us for a, a much a much greater upside going forward um that you know that and, and like the the outside of that i just think that um you know it's 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 we the second year was always built, was also for us as an investors kind of building this foundation like really kind of building what was our what was our way of 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 attracting companies of building networks of of creating a brand of of working with portfolio founders of supporting portfolio founders of developing our own thesis so you know venture is a is a is a for me you know for me especially and and Alana I assume for you as well like it's a long game it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I plan to be doing this for the rest of my life, hopefully. So for me, I, it's been really about being very mindful about the journey and being very aware every step of the way of how you can get better, a little bit better each day. And that's been, um, you know, kind of how we've approached it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm super excited. Drew, before I end, is there any last things that you want to say to people listening about the summit day, about your goals? and? Stay tuned,
1: guys. Follow us on Twitter um will be and you know make sure you subscribe for our newsletter subscribe for our podcast so we can keep giving you updates on everything that's going on within our ecosystem we have a lot of a lot of really exciting things we're going to announce our you know second cohort soon um so we you know we're still working on the details for cohort 2 of Denari Labs uh, the tokenomics accelerator program where you know we have our summit upcoming uh, we obviously have a rapidly growing and very active syndicate and then we have our fund and then ultimately later this year we'll start working towards fund 2 so a lot going on. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm just, I love, you know, I get to, I get to, I love what I do and that's a great, yeah, it's a great place to be.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, for everybody listening, thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your goals too. So write them in the comments. And as mentioned, this is sponsored by Alto. So Alto makes it easy to invest in alternative assets using your IRA account. So you could learn more at altoira.com forward slash marketplace. And guys, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe. We will tune in next week. And that's it for now. Thanks and see you soon.
1: This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.
0: Tune in next week, and that's it for now. Thanks, and see you soon.
1: This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.